0: Awesome. Yay. You guys fine? Yeah. All right. You still awake? Yeah. The conference just became longer. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about the second part of prayer quickly. Is that fine? I want us to do some practical stuff on this. Right. The second part is the part that said prayers in that first Timothy 2, verse 1 and 2. Right. So, like I said, there's many different words for it. Uh, some fancy words and so... Some call it mystic prayer, which I think it is. Some call it contemplation, which I think it is. Some call it the prayer of silence, which I think it is. Other calls it meditating on the word, which I think it is. Other calls it sitting with God, which it also is. So whichever one works for you, just call it that, right? The one that least offends you or most. I don't really care, right? And the point is this, that, that, that everything that I said in the first session, according to me, actually hangs on this part. Right, Because this is the relational part with God. Because prayer, especially intercession and supplication, can easily become a works thing. Do you understand? It's, 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 a, it's, an, it's an activity. It's a function. It's something that you have to do, and you have to, because everybody's called to, to that. Don't say, I'm not an intercessor. That's just not wrong. That's just not right. Everybody needs to pray. right? Everybody has to pray. So, but I'm not an intercessor. No, you're a house of prayer. So that just qualified you, okay? Everybody should be a praying person. That Jesus modeled it. We're going to do the same, okay? But this part is relational. And everything with God is shaped in, in relationship, right? It's out of this place because that's rest. Otherwise, we just fall into a works mentality again, and that's why we get tired. But when it's out of this relational place with the Lord, we actually start praying prayers that is answered. Isn't that awesome? That blank check, the blank check is about what? When my word lives in you and is active in you, ask whatever you want and I will give it to you. The point being that his word needs to be what you pray and then whatever you pray, it will be given unto you. But all of scripture is good. All of scripture is breathed out by God. All of scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but not all of scripture is a now word. Agree? Right? It's all true, but some truths are more relevant in a certain season than others. Do you understand that? Because we're the body. We're moving through seasons and times. And when we actually have the word living inside of us, and out of this relational place we start praying the, these prayers, that is prayer that moves nations. That is the Isaiah 55 word of the Lord that will not return void. Because actually what you're doing is you're partnering, your best prayer partner is Jesus. Did you know that? Your best prayer partner is the Holy Spirit because both of them intercedes for us. Romans 8 and, and uh, uh, Hebrews 7, right? And this prayer that I'm talking about right now, it's, it's based on the fact that everything is about, it's centered around the presence. It's centered around relationship. So I'm not going into a works mentality. I am, it's not me that's going to pray, but it's him that's going to lead the prayer meeting, right? You know, we always have prayer meetings and then there's a prayer points and an agenda, which is great because somebody sat down and and figured out this is what we're going to pray. The whole point of this thing is that Jesus is the one that's going to sit and He's going to make His agenda. And I want you to think about that. Praying the agenda of Jesus, I think we have a good chance there, right? That we might get some answered prayers. But it's when we pray what's on His heart, right? Because who's noticed that Jesus did it over and over. If you look at his prayer life, he stands in front of Pilate and Pilate says to him at some point, don't you know who I am? Remember that story? It's it's just so funny. Yeah. I hope Pilate made it to heaven because I would like to make fun of him about that a little bit. You know, just going to God, don't you know who I am? (laughs) And Jesus goes to him and he's like, in his humble way, kind of, don't you know who I am? Basically, like literally, I can call the angels, legions of angels are standing ready at my command and I can call them and they can free me. This is the point that the fact that something is available doesn't mean it's what needs to happen. You understand? And relational prayer is what's going to help you pray the difference. It's a big deal. Outside of relationship, legions of angels are standing. I don't want to go through this moment right now, so come. But now they don't come, or they come, but it doesn't work the way it should. Right? Right? Relational prayer, relational person. I can see the legion standing. They're not coming today. Not on my command. Why? Because my, my, my orders are coming from a higher place. I understand the agenda of God in this season. Right? It's a big difference. That's answered prayer. That's a big shift right there. Because you can intercede and ask, seek, and knock as much as you want. If it's not what he wants to release right now, you know, knock yourself out. (laughs) It's going to be a long day. Our job is to find the agenda of God and actually pray that into the situation. That is effective prayer. That is energy-saving prayer, right? It's like it, it feeds us. But the only way you get to that is through the relational part we actually learn to press into the Lord. And because, and, I mean, Psalm 27, verse 4 is probably the most famous verse, but, but, but it, it was really David's life, right? Interesting enough. I, I was one day, I was sitting with David Hogan, I mean, raised, how many from the dead, miracle signs, wonders, thousands of churches. I mean, you know him. He's coming again this year, right? And um, so I'm, I'm just talking with him one day, and he's just driving in his car, and he just looks at me, and he's like, uh, he says, "You know what the thing that people don't know about me?" And I'm like, "Well, there's probably a lot of things, but anyway." He's like, he says, "What I actually do is I'm I pray. That's actually what I do." I'm. Everybody looks at me as a dead razor. I said, "That's not what I do. I, I pray." Now it's amazing just to listen to this guy, and it's just like, that's actually my thing. It's not all the other stuff, but I pray. I'm a man of prayer, right? And the same, whatever guy you talk with, if you talk to them, you'll find out that their life is seated in prayer. That's actually what they do. David, the king, right? Psalm 27, four, he says, here's the one thing I crave from God. It's such a famous verse, isn't it? The one thing I seek above all else. Now listen to his words. It's, It's so profound in the Passion Translation. He says, I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. That right there is what I'm talking about today. It's this prayer of we are already in his house, it's new covenant, he's in us, I'm in him, who knows where we are, everybody's in everyone, right? But this is the point of this prayer model or this form of prayer. It's about one thing I ask, one thing I desire, So I wanna live in the house, in the presence of the Lord, right? That's the difference between supplication, intercession, all of that stuff and this contemplative prayer or the prayer of silence, right? The prayer of silence, it's about the presence. It's all that it's about. It's not even about revelation. It's not what I can get out of it. What you want is the presence. You want to sit in the presence. One thing I ask, one thing I desire, is that I may sit in the house of the Lord. That's the heart of this whole thing, right? And he goes on and he says, finding the sweet loveliness of his face. And remember, if I say in the Hebrew, there was no word for presence. So the word for presence was face, right? So he's this is what he's saying. He's saying, I want to, I want to finding the sweet loveliness of his face, of his presence, however you want to say it, filled with awe. That's the whole teaching there today. Delighting in his glory and grace. Do you you see what that's about? Have you understood that David hasn't done anything except wanting to sit there and he wants to be filled with awe. He wants to smell the sweetness of his presence, delighting in glory and grace. There's no, he's not looking for an answer. He's looking for a moment. There's a big difference. Right? He's looking for connection. He's looking for the presence. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Isn't that something? And that's the key. What's the point? When I live my life close to him, I start praying the prayers that he actually rejoices in. Right? And he does take pleasure in my every prayer. Whew. Yeah. What's the other word that David wrote, Psalm 37, 7? He says, I want you to listen to the language a little bit because that's the key to this relational thing, right? He says, quiet your heart in his presence and pray. What's part one? Quiet your heart in his presence, right? So it's And it's an art. It's an art. Not all of us, not many of us, are good at just being quiet before the lord because we're not wired that way society is not wired that way we we like noise and we like activity and we like you know the buzz and but to actually sit and just be quiet in the presence of the lord is, lots lots of people get uncomfortable in that place because you feel you need to always do something you feel like i have to I have to do something you know Marfa mary is like ah. and i love Marfa mary because who knows that you need both yeah Like Mary's always going, you know, Martha, Martha, you're so busy. (laughs) And Martha's only going, wow, Mary, you just want to sit there and do nothing. And if I don't do it, it's not going to be done, (laughs) right? (laughs) And, you know, and Martha's just, Mary's just, you're so busy. And Jesus goes, you've chosen the right thing now. For now, this is right. The point being that both is necessary. You need Martha and Mary. And sometimes you're going to be Marfa, and other times you're going to be Mary. But make sure if you're Marfa that it's birthed out of Mary moments. <laughs> right? <laughs> Otherwise you're going to be super busy, and you're not going to get anything done. That's why quiet yourself in the presence. Quiet, rest. We've been on this topic the whole weekend. Quiet yourself in the presence. And do what? And now pray. Okay? But this prayer is different now. Then he goes on and he says, Keep hope alive as you long for God to come through for you. That's the whole point. It's, this, it's just this waiting on the Lord. What, what's the other part? What, is, what, is we, what do we see in the Psalms? Psalm 37 verse 4, just a couple of verses earlier. Delight yourself in the Lord, right? It's a famous verse. We quote it all over. It's in every bookshop, on every coffee mug. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yet, what does that mean? What does that look like? Right? Right? And he will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that phenomenal? That he actually pulls out the desires of your heart when you delight yourself in him. And he says, I will give that to you. That's the prayer thing. Quiet yourself in the presence and pray. But He's already he already knows what you want before you need it. But he says, if you can just get into the, into the secret place and sit there and delight yourself in me. Psalm 27. Just, I'm in awe. I'm loving the, the lovely fragrance of his face. I'm just loving the grace and the glory that's all around me david's delighting himself in the lord and god says i will give you the desires of your heart now, he lived this right he understood this thing better than anybody else that's why over and over you see in the psalms where david says in the night times as i was meditating on the lord or as i was thinking of the testimonies of the lord or i would quiet myself i would silence my mind in the night where as i was laying on my bed and your wisdom would come and teach me at night Isn't that something it's amazing but what was the key? quiet rest silence sitting before the Lord just engaging God in that way right that's what Enoch did by the way right and Enoch walked with the Lord and he was no more Enoch learned the art of silencing his mind he learned how to be quiet with God that's what John did Right? John the Revelator. He was the love guy, remember? He was the guy who would put his shoulder on Jesus' breast, his head on Jesus' chest. Right? I was in the Spirit on the day of the Lord. And, right? What does that mean I was in the Spirit? What did he do? How did he get in the Spirit? How did he move into that place? What did it look like? I think it was this. And suddenly, I mean, oh my goodness, the book of Revelation comes. That's pretty profound, right? But it's, it's learning to sit and not feel that you always have to do something. Psalm 40, verse 6 and 8. I've been prophesying it over a lot of people. Marie's got it for this year. Sacrifice and offering I do not want, but what I require is a listening ear. I'm looking for an ear that will listen. That's what I require, right? So he's looking for that person that will be the ear to the Lord a friend so close like Moses, right? So close like Moses. I mean, Moses was so close to God. He was such a friend that God said, I'm going to kill everybody, but I'll keep you. (laughs) I'll keep, you want to be that guy, by the way. And listen again, the difference between an active prayer and relational life and not. And Moses goes, no, Lord, rather kill me but save your people. Again, what's available versus what is right is not the same thing. And to discern the difference is important. (laughs) Because otherwise there would be a lot of dead Israelites. (laughs) Right? But he's a friend of God. God called him a friend. And he fellowshiped with the Lord face to face. It's that. Moses went and what did he do? He sat in the tent of meeting and the glory cloud would come over the tent. And he just sat in the tent. What did he do? I don't know. He sat there. Right? What was he doing in there? That's important. If I look at David, it it seems like he might have been just meditating on the nature of God. Or he might have just been thinking of one thing of God and just sat there. Silence. Just waiting quietly upon the Lord for his breakthrough to come. So, what's the other famous verse? Be still and... What's the key? Be still. Right? We are not good with this. I'm not good. Maybe you guys are great with it, but I'm I'm a big work in progress. To be still, just to sit there. But this is what I do know, is when I get it right, it's awesome. Almost every single prophetic encounter, vision, trance, whatever I've had in my life came out of that place. Whether I tried or not, that's where it was birthed. And sometimes it was like this. Sometimes I would literally just walk in and sit at my desk and just go, whoop, and it happens immediately. Other times I had to work to get to that place of quiet. It's different, right? It's always different. I always think, you know, I think I say it a lot, but I feel like I'm the accidental guy. By accident this happened. I didn't plan it. I didn't work at it. It just kind of happened, Right? That's God's grace, but, but what we should learn is to learn out of our experiences because there's wisdom in the experience which you can actually duplicate so that you can build on something that you can get into your life, right? So whether it was encounters with angels or people visiting me, cloud of witnesses, trances, visions, whatever, it was always out of this place. In the middle of the night, I would get up, and sometimes you're just quiet. I don't know why. You're just quiet on the inside. Close my eyes, poop, and there you go. You're in some encounter. It's awesome. And then it just doesn't happen for a while again. Other times I just sit there and it's just really quiet. It's just nothing. No encounter, no angel, no lightning, no diamond. No, just nothing. Just nothing except what? The presence. So is there really nothing? No. There's always something. right? And it's awesome because you walk out of there different. You walk out of there relaxed and full of peace. And, and I think the one thing that we shouldn't do is make it complicated, right? But there is some things that could help you on this path a little bit, that could help you along the way, right? And there's great books about it. I have not read the book, but I actually want to encourage it because I really think it's going to bless you, but I haven't read it. I just know him, and I know his life um, testifies. I don't even have to read the book. I can just look at the way he lives. But Charlie Shamp wrote a book, Mystic Prayer, and uh, you should probably read that. I said, I haven't, but I know him and the fruit is visible on his life. It's just, this is a guy that sits with God. That's it. He just sits with God and God gives him these downloads and future events and we are prophesying inc- with incredible accuracy, but it's birthed out of this place. I know that's what he's trying to do, right? So that's probably a great book to read, I guess. I'm pretty sure. If it, if it isn't, you can just keep it to yourself in anyway. All right. Uh, Madame Guyon, have you heard of her? This prayer, awesome, mystic, friend of God, person. And she, she made this quote. She says, prayer is nothing else but the application of the heart to God and the interior exercise of love. I find that for me, I don't know, somehow that's just deeply profound to me, that it's just the, the application of the heart towards God. I want you to think about that. So literally, and this is the prayer of quiet, is where I go and all I do is I just keep turning my heart to the Lord. Over and over, I just turn my heart over to Him. I turn my affections to Him, whether it's through words, through just constantly turning my focus back on the Lord Jesus. Right? It's an, in, it's an interior exercise. It's, it's here. But it's that choice to constantly just turn my heart back to the Lord. I'm just going back to that place and your thoughts drift to the you know, to-do list that you have to do and the car is broken down and you need to pick up that one at that time and, and then you pull it back again. Just constantly learning to pull your heart back to the Lord and get your aff- affection and your focus on the Lord because that's, that's the power of it. That's the battle because it is in the mind, right? Our minds are busy. Our minds are active and we need to pull it back into that place. And that's why lots of them, I don't like steps, but I'm going to explain to you what, they, what the guys have written. And if I think of my own experiences, that would make sense. Right? I can see this is basically what happened in the process of prayer. But the first step that the people, they, meant, they, they said it's called recollection. Right? And what recollection is about, it's literally like, this is a bit, bit more of a teaching thing. Is that all right? So recollection is about literally just cleansing your mind and your spirit and turning your heart over and over to the Lord. This is what Madame Guillaume was speaking about. It's turning your affections back to the Lord. Because, Uh, what happens to us usually is we we get into scripture and we read and it's boring and then let me explain my life all right so i I sit there and then we we have quite a nice view uh, at one of our homes so i would sit there and and when i start looking out and it's like oh it's an awesome view and I start seeing birds, and I start seeing stuff, and I kind of drift off a little bit. And I'm so far away from the Lord right now. I'm not even close to the picture. I'm loving creation right now, but I'm not, not really where I'm supposed to be, right? So, And then I need to get my thoughts and my attentions and my affections back to Him. Do you understand? So it's, it's to recall that place. When we start drifting off to say, no, 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 I need my mind and I need myself to get back on, on the focus of the Lord. And one of the things that's really changed my life, a while back, God said to me, He said, you know that I'm in the room, right? I'm like, yeah, I know you're in the room. It's Obviously, we know, you know. And He's like, no, no, no. You know I'm right here when you pray. It's like, I'm standing in front of you. And it's just kind of this, it's this simple thing, but it's just like, He's in the room. I'm not praying. It, he's right here. Right? He's right in in the room. I'm not trying to reach him, but the king of kings is actually standing right in front of me because he's living inside of me, and I'm living inside of him, however you want to see that. So you can even take it more personal. He's in me. So where where are you trying to go in prayer? Some far off place? No. Where's the presence? It's in me. What I'm actually trying to do is I'm trying to go into him who's inside of me and that positions me in heavenly places. It's a strange concept. Do you understand that? But he's in me so I'm trying to connect with the presence that's already inside of me. So pray as if he's in the room. That's the first part of recollection. Remember he's here. Right? He's right here. I don't have to seek him. I don't have to go somewhere. He's in the room. So that's the first thing. So when you pray, you actually make yourself aware of the fact that he's here. So what are you doing? You're awakening yourself to the presence, right? Because remember, what is this prayer about? The presence. All of it is about the presence. You want to sit in the presence of God. Psalm 27 verse 4, that's the cry of your heart. So what do you do? You activate yourself by faith in the fact that the presence is right here. Again, how do you activate the promise? What did we say last night? How do you activate the promise? faith right so what does it look like he said i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you i'm in you you're in me you're seated in heavenly all of this stuff is in scripture how do you activate that by faith how by starting to come aware of it so it's literally for me it's like i would sit i would imagine him standing right in front of me and then i would start focusing on the fact that jesus is right here so my faith is being activated in a in a scriptural truth right and I'm starting to manifest the promise because I'm activating that through my faith and my prayer life and my focus. So I'm focusing on the king who's right here. And as I do that, the presence starts growing around me. It's always been there, but I'm aware of it now. That's the difference. You understand? That's the difference. It's always there, but you're not always aware. And you have to become aware of it. And faith is what does that, is when I think about it, right? Right? There's this principle in Song of Psalms 6 where the bride is, where the Shulamite, she cries out and she says, How I long to be with him. How I long to be in his vineyard, right? And then as she's declaring this longing, the next minute she's transported into the vineyard. Right? This is the point. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, your heart will also be. Right? So where your heart is at in that moment, that's what is going to be activated around you. So if my heart is the presence, then what's going, to be, what's going to be drawn into your world? The presence. But you have to stay in it, right? How many of you have stood in a service and suddenly you feel the presence? Or let's put it like this. How many of you have stood in a service and you don't feel a thing? Then, then one guy in the front goes up and he's like, man, I really feel the presence of God. Can you feel that? And you go, oh, well, I haven't been thinking about the presence and stick out your hands. You're like, oh, wow, yeah, really, it's there. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. So what just happened? You became aware of it. Was it there before you were aware? Yes. But why are you aware of it now? Because your focus shifted to it. Right? It's the red Toyota disease. Never saw a red Toyota in your life until you decided to buy a red Toyota. All you see is red Toyotas everywhere. Right? It's the same thing. You have to activate the presence by actually becoming aware of it by stepping into it by faith. Right? So that's the first step. So always focus on the presence. That, that's always the desire. He's in us, he's near us, he's all around us. Allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you, right? What happens a lot of time when people come there, suddenly they start thinking about sin, right? You start thinking about stuff that that you did and you feel guilty about some things and so on. Listen, that might actually be the Holy Spirit that's making you aware of stuff. So what do you need to do now? Who can ascend the mountain of the Lord? he with what a clean hands and a pure heart so what do you do oh wow thank you Holy Spirit you're actually ministering to me trying to point out some things so God I just give this to you I'm sorry I repent I give it over to you well as many of us go in that place we're like oh I'm not worthy I'm just stepping out of the presence no it might actually be God if it's not God chase it away if it is just repent (laughs) right and how do you know it's God if it doesn't go away when you chase it away (laughs) simple (laughs) right Right? If it keeps coming, then it's probably like no, you can't chase the Holy Spirit away. He's trying to tell you you messed up. Okay, I'm sorry, Lord. Yeah, and you just sit there. And what do you do? You you allow this process to go on. You repent. You do it again. Your thoughts drift. What do you do? No, 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 no. come back here. Remember, surprise, Itule. He always spoke about the rabbits. Have you heard that? He says your mind is like a rabbit. Like you're sitting in church, and then the rabbit jumps out, and it's hopping through town. Now the rabbit is eating pizza, and the rabbit is out there watching cricket, and the rabbit is all over here. He says, what you need to do is catch the rabbit, kill the rabbit, and broil it on the fire and get it done with, right? So your thoughts is like the rabbit that's jumping all over the place, right? And just bring it back every time. If you have to repent, repent. Just bring it back to the Lord. Just keep doing whatever is necessary. Let go of whatever is withholding you from stepping into that place. Lay your cares down at the cross because that's the biggest thing. The temptation in this place is that you want to start interceding and making supplication, right? Because lots of times in prayer, we go and we start feeling the presence and we're like, this is a great time for supplication and intercession, right? (laughs) Because you can feel the presence, like God's going to answer, he's right here. No, no, no. Lay it down at the cross. What do I mean with that? I really am deeply concerned about my child, right? And you're so struggling to get beyond your child that you're not moving forward. You're, you're struggling about finances, whatever it is. And the art of this thing is to do what? What did the scripture say? Lay down at the feet of Jesus. Lay down at the cross. And as you do that, you, you keep surrendering to him. And isn't that what we're supposed to do in any way? Yeah? That's what we're supposed to do anyway, right? Just give it to the Lord. And not carry this thing, because the way we carry it makes makes it hard for us to keep on engaging and go beyond the first stage of this prayer, which is recollection. If you hold on to stuff in this place, you're not going to evolve into the next part of the prayer, where you actually want to get to. You're not going to step beyond that because you're stuck in your own circumstances. The point is what? The presence. The point is, Jesus is here. He's in the room. So let go. Just let go. Just let stuff release it over to him constantly. Just let it release into his heart and into his hands. Because why? You want to taste and see that the Lord is good, right? You want to taste and see that the Lord is good. You have to get to that place. Taste and see. So what does that mean? It's an experience. He didn't say figure it out with your head. Believe. No, he said taste and see. So it's, it's actually something that happens inside of you where the goodness of the Lord becomes your revelation because you've encountered it over and over in your life. Taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Uh, this is a, the key is as well to, to always stay where the peace is at. Do you understand that? So when, when I'm praying, if, if, if I'm thinking of nothing and it's peaceful, then stay there. Do you understand? But the minute that peace goes, then, then I'm missing the point Then I need to get back to where the peace is at. I need to pull myself back into that place so that I can stay in peace. But when I get anxious and all of that stuff, that's not, the presence doesn't work well there, right? It's like that's not what you bring into the presence. That's you bringing your soul into the situation. And that's not what you want. You want your soul out of the way now because so that you can truly, fully engage with the Lord, Right? There's, there's two ways that, two things that can help you in this part of the process. Um, there's lots of ways, but I'm going to give you two because I think that's probably the, the easiest. But the one is to meditate on scripture. So in this place, go and sit down, take a verse, right? And start meditating on that scripture until you actually understand it, until it's imprinted in your part. So every time my, my mind is racing to all the activities of the day, but then I go back to Psalm 23 verse 5. So the Lord sets a table before me and you meditate on that and you think it through and you carry it in your heart and you and you mull over because that's what meditation is. You mull it over, right? It's interesting. The word for meditate and complain is the same word in Hebrew. Interesting, isn't it? Because what's the concept when you complain? You're murmuring over and over and over. You're mulling on this thing. Now, the point is if you shift that into the positive, that becomes a powerful tool, Right? So what do I do? I take that scripture and I mull over it and I'm just, I'm feeding on it. Psalm 23 verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, well, the Lord, just think about that a little bit. What does that actually mean? The Lord, so just meditate on who's the shepherd because he's my shepherd, that's a good deal, but who's the Lord, that's pretty important, right? So now I sit and I just meditate on the concept of who this God is and I let, I just stay on that verse and what happens is now my thoughts drift off and I just pull it back into again to this verse. And I stay on that verse as long as I can until there's peace, until understanding comes, right? Less is more in this context. This is not your Bible reading. This is you wanting to pray, to meditate on a scripture. You want to get it into your spirit, right? Less is more. Stay on a scripture as long as it feeds you, right? As long as there's life in Psalm 23 verse 1, stay in Psalm 23 verse 1. But the minute you feel that it's kind of getting stale, step to verse 2 and stay there and constantly pull yourself back into the presence. Just stay on that. So scripture is super powerful in this context. That's what many of the saints of old used to do. They would just sit with a scripture and just pray that scripture over and over. That's what the Psalms did. Selah, by the way, Selah, that's what it was. What did you do? You paused and you sang that part over and over and over until you felt it broke through. Okay? The concept, the principle is everywhere. It's the same principle. Right? So you do that. The other part is just meditation. And what I mean with that is, um, it's just I, I would sometimes just sit and think of a aspect of the Lord, a facet of His nature, just whatever, His goodness. Or I would sometimes think of a testimony. I just sit and I just start thinking of a testimony and just kind of go over it over and over and just you know how awesome it was and, and just meditate on that thing until my thoughts are cleared Do you understand and I'm, I'm just in a place where there's peace and i'm not struggling with my mind to to get things back into position is that okay but again what is it about the presence so the point is the minute that the presence is not on that verse anymore move on the minute that the presence is not on that thought any, anymore, move on. Because you, you want the presence. That's the focus. That's the goal. You're not looking for a revelation. You're not, it's not what it's about. It's going to come. But that's not the focus. Your focus is communion with the Lord. You want to be with God. Right? I've got four children. Love them. But during a day, I've, how many questions? What's that thing that they, that you said? I don't know. I don't know. It's like five million questions a day. Right? I feel like I'm actually an umpire for a living, a referee. That's all all I'm deciding. This is right, that's wrong. No, I don't know, you know. That's the way it is, right? So, and uh, there's just moments where they just, all they want is something, right? So they come and sit and they want something. And they are not good at hiding it. They think they are, but they're really not, right? So they sit there and they're like, long story, and at the end of the day, we want to watch a movie. I'm like, you could have just started with that, (laughs) right? So it's fake fellowship, (laughs) right? and um, we all do that and surely the lord can see through it as well (laughs) right but then sometimes they come and sit with me and i really know they're just actually really sitting with me they just want to be with me right now i love that like the other day i was sitting at home the youngest one adam was a little bit tired and he just came and he sat next to me on my bed while i was just worshiping and he loved it he didn't want to move the next day, maybe it's because he doesn't want to have school. I don't know. But the next day, he went like, "Can I sit with you and worship again?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, it would be great." The point being, he just wanted to be with me. It's a difference. You can feel the difference, and you want to be at that place because there's something about the Father's heart that opens up to us if we get it right. right? So, if you go through that, you actually start stepping into what they call the prayer of quiet. Because it's an interesting thing, because in the beginning you're battling your mind, you're battling to get quiet, you're battling to get into this place of rest. But as you continue to pull your affection back to the presence, as you continue to draw your attention back to the Lord, suddenly what happens is is it just goes quiet. Have you ever had that? I don't know how to explain it, but it's you pray and you pray, but suddenly it's just just peace, it's just tranquility, it's just quiet, It's, it's awesome. That place is powerful. This is where you want to get to, right? Because that's where revelation really starts flowing and encounters and things. And God starts pouring his heart over us. That's what it's about. Remember, what's the purpose? I want to quiet down so that I can hear what he has to say. Because that's relationship. Is you want him to speak, there's this amazing story. I mean, I love that video so much. It was Bob Jones, where he speaks of an encounter that he had with the Lord. It's a phenomenal story. I I might have my dates wrong, so please forgive me. But what it comes down to is, I think it was in the 70s, 77 or something. God came to him in a vision one night and he said to him, prepare yourself. I'm coming to visit you soon. And he's like, yay, this is awesome. So he's waiting for the Lord. He's just waiting for God to come. And he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting. And four years later... (laughs) An angel comes to him, and he's like saying to him, listen, Jesus wants to come and visit you, so I want you to be ready. And the angel says to him, so get your questions ready. But he's coming soon. And he's like, oh boy. And now he's under pressure, and he goes, okay, what am I going to do? You know, he's, he's like thinking of, because I mean, listen, if Jesus comes and sits physically next to you, right, right now, what, I mean, what are you going to ask him? Right, you're going to go ballistic on him, right? You're just <laughs> Dumb questions, great questions, unnecessary questions. You're just going to blast him, right? Uh, right? But, but now you know you only have maybe half an hour with him, so now you need to think a little bit about what you're going to ask, right? So he goes and he's like, you know, he's sitting there and, he, and, he, and, and suddenly he gets a revelation. And he, and he goes and he says, well, if he comes and I'm asking the questions, then I'm talking and he's not. And he, and he made a decision that day and he says, when he comes, I'm not saying anything. I want to hear what he says that's mystic prayer that's it a couple of months later the angel comes again and he says Bob Jesus is coming tomorrow so get ready he's so excited he gets up at four in the morning and he's sitting on his porch he's waiting 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 three o'clock in the afternoon he's been waiting a while this is this wrecks me every time three o'clock in the afternoon Jesus walks onto his porch and he comes in and he sits down with him and he says to him, I've been waiting, Jesus' words, I've been waiting for this moment for so long. <laughs> that's something. Isn't that phenomenal? And he sits down and Jesus says, What do you want to ask me? And Bob says, I don't want to ask you anything. You speak, Lord. And for an hour and a half or whatever, Jesus just downloaded. And then Jesus left he walks up and he and he leaves and he turns around and he looks at bob and he says bob would you do me a favor i want you to pray for these three things i need somebody to pray so that i can respond and and god gave him three things to pray and he said would you pray for this this and this that's mystic prayer that 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 whole story sums up everything about what prayer is supposed to be like in this place So it's the prayer of quiet where God leads the agenda because Jesus knows his purposes for the earth. He knows his purposes and his plans for your life. He knows what's happening with your children. He knows what needs to happen. And when I can actually just be quiet long enough and shut my mouth and not ask a thousand questions and just sit there and say, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And he starts downloading on you. Do you understand how powerful that is? And the things that he... I can't remember everything, but but it was about... A, um, it, uh, I think the one thing was about AIDS. It was what about a drug that came out later, and it did. It didn't even exist at that point in time. So God gave him things to pray for that didn't exist at that point in time. And God said, I want you to pray about these things. It's going to cause a stir. That's something. Right? That is... Exactly what we want you want Jesus to come and say I've been longing to be with you for so long and not run him down with this agenda and just say Lord what do you want to do what do you want to say what's important to you right now right because now I'm praying and I'm hearing and I'm listening out of his heart and my agenda is not full is not the filter through which I read whatever he wants to do I was watching a tennis game the other day. We like tennis. So and I like this one guy specifically. He hasn't won in a long while, but I have hope, <laughs> right? And uh, so we watch, it was the Wimbledon final last year. Oh, my goodness. I think I still need deliverance after that one. So, Or trauma counseling, right? So I'm a big Federer fan. He's playing Djokovic. So I'm super excited. And sometimes just for fun, I would sit in, before a sport game, just sit with the Lord and say, who's going to win? And I just kind of, whatever, and just taste the prophetic gift a little bit. And I'm asking and I'm sitting, I'm like, God, is he going to win or not? Because this is a hard one for me. I'm like, I'm interceding for him. (laughs) (laughs) And it was amazing. And I felt the Holy Spirit turn to me the next moment. And he said to me, he said, you are too emotionally invested. You will not be able to hear what I have to say. That little thing floored me. Because that taught me again something about this prayer thing. You see, when when we go in with our agenda, when we're not in this quiet place, our passion overrides what he's saying. And we put words in in his mouth out of our passion. But when I can actually quiet myself down, detach from these things, I can actually hear. I can actually hear. But if I come with the questions into the prayer closet, i 'm already leading the conversation in a direction that he might might not have even wanted to go. Do you understand so this place of quiet is where you actually want to be it 's just quiet, and sometimes it 's just quiet. sometimes you don 't hear a thing, sometimes you don 't see a thing, but the presence is there, and all you need to do is just continuously turn back to the presence, yeah. One day I was also I was journeying on this thing and, and, and the Lord was kind of trying to teach me something and he said, uh, you know, there's some amazing people that we got to meet and privileged to call friends now and you know, and, and I remember at first when I met them, because you know, men and women that rocked the world and revival started through them, and you're just like like a kid in a candy store, you know, I'm gonna have dinner with this guy. I'm just like well, I was excited, nervous, don't know what to do. Usually at at uh Squinmon, a Tafel. You know, just so happy you're gonna sit with David Hogan or whoever, Jeff Jansen or this one. I'm just like, oh man. And uh, for me, it's it's not a, I'm just like, I just wanna, whatever you have, I wanna, I wanna find out. And, and I know how I would posture myself in those meetings. And I'm sorry, Lishi, but she would be talking to me, but I, but I would hear he's talking to somebody there. So I'm kind of, I'm actually listening on that side. I'm looking and I'm going, yeah, yeah, but I'm actually, cause, cause what if, what if David or Jeff or whoever, what if they say something to him that is a key that can change my walk in the Lord? You know, I'm like constantly going, what if I, you just, if I could just get this little something? I don't know what I'm going to get, but maybe it's there. Right? And, 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 I, and the Lord spoke to me one day and he said, that's how I want you to be with me. Like, I'm standing right in front of you now while you pray. I mean, everything inside of you should want to hear what I have to say. I actually am the one that gave them the keys in any way. So maybe you want to get it from me. But to be able to sit in a room and just not listen to the distractions and the own voices and just say, just, I'm so giving in my ear. I want to give my ear to the Lord. Because what if he gives a word that changes my life? That's the point, isn't it? I, this is different. You understand, it's a different way of praying, but it's so profound and it's so special and it, it's just awesome. Another thing that they say in this place, and what I've also found is because revelation come lines upon line upon line, precept upon precept. Right? And here's the thing, that, that sometimes in this quiet place, when you actually get yourself quiet before the Lord, revelation will start coming. Like it, it's, a, it's amazing. Like most of the stuff that I've ever found in the Lord comes out of this place. I didn't know I went through these steps. I just did it in any way. But now I'm like, okay, this is actually what I did. And I think it can help. You know, so that's why I'm sharing. I don't want to complicate matters. But because in this, it's like crazy. God would connect scriptures and things just come together. And, or you would start seeing angels or have revel. It's just, it's an awesome place. It's, it's so vibrant and it's so alive because it's him that's doing the work. And it's not you, it's him that's leading. But what happens sometimes, and it's happened with me is I would go in this place and I would start going into a vision. And as I go into the vision, you know i have like a a, i don't know how to put it let's say it's a storybook i I just read the introduction basically that's what i mean so i just read the introduction and it's so awesome but sometimes you actually hold on to the introduction so much that you don't get to page one chapter one does it make sense because the introduction gripped you and you kind of got distracted or somehow just awestruck that this actually happened and this is so exciting already the point is this that you need to learn how to softly hold on to revelation does it make sense so receive it, be super gracious for it, but also be willing to let it go because there's more coming. You understand? So But sometimes we hold on to this first revelation so much that you don't get to the end of the vision or the end of the encounter or the end of the message. It's like when Jesus walked into the room with Bob Jones. I probably would have just lost it right there and just go, okay, that's it, that's enough. Probably don't, you know, I don't even I know if I would have been able to hear him. right? But the point is, if that was the thing, I mean, Bob Jones could have had an awesome story today. Listen, Jesus came to my porch one day. Yeah. But then he bombed out. (laughs) And it's a great story. But now he just sat and he could receive and just let the conversation flow without getting caught up in one thing so much that you can't get into the next. Right? Does it make sense? When that verse comes, embrace it, love it, write it down, whatever you need to do, but then let it go again. Right. One of the big things about this prayer is to let things go. Let your thoughts go. Let your own desires. Just give it over to the Lord. Just keep handing stuff over to God and let Him be and do whatever He wants to do. Right. And this already is amazing. This already is a place where where there's there's so much life here. But now, what happens in this place is if God st- starts setting your prayer life agenda. Because he goes, I want you to pray now for this and this and this. And now you step into the place of supplication and intercession after that, tomorrow, later. And you know, this is what I'm supposed to pray through, Right? Because you heard directly from him, your best prayer partner. This is what I want you to pray. And then you pray that until he tells you to stop. Do you understand how this is different? Because this is not my labor, but it's the desires of his heart suddenly becomes my desires. And I don't know, I'm not a pro at any of this, but all I'm thinking is when he says, I will give you whatever you ask for in prayer, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen that in my personal life yet. But I have a really good suspicion that when I actually get to hear what he wants me to pray, I think that verse really makes sense because his word is alive in me then. Right. ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you then why? because you've asked out of the heart of God you've asked out of the throne room of the Lord this in itself just this place is already amazing but there is a next place where we sometimes go and it doesn't always happen it's happened a couple of times with me and this is a gift it's not a it's a gift that everybody that I've read on that had these experiences they all say it's a gift because you can't fabricated you can't produce this thing but that's what they call the the next phase the third place what they call is like i'm sorry for the word but that's what the uh the guys that really perfected this thing that's what they called it but they called it spiritual ecstasies right and ecstasy is actually the same word that they use for trance all through the bible if you look at the greek it's ecstasis right so it's just and what they mean with that is that that's suddenly where you get transported into a different place in the spirit it's got nothing to do with you. It's like God just decides, I'm taking you somewhere. I'm showing you something in heaven. I'm showing things to you that you've never seen or thought before, and I'm actually making that available to you. But it, it's a gift, right? It's a, and what I mean with that is not that some have it and some doesn't have it. My opinion is that it comes on you at stages and at points, and God says, I'm going to do it now. And, and it's fine. Some get, get it more than other. maybe because they practice it more than others. I don't know. Others, it's just the grace on their life. It just happens. Like Maria Woodworth Edwards, she would go into those ecstasies, remember? But she would just stand, and the next minute she would be in the middle of her preaching, and she just freezes, like in a position for seven days. You heard that? You know the story, right? She just freezes like a statue for seven days. She doesn't move. She's in that position. They actually had doctors come and do tests on her to try and figure out what's going on. Heart is pumping. Everything's working. She's just gone. And like anointing is flowing, everything. And then after seven days, she just gets out of it and keeps preaching where she stopped seven days back. Right? So there's like spiritual ecstasies. And when you ask, and she had visions and she saw stuff, she had experiences in heaven. So she was completely out of it, right? She had no clue what was happening. But that was the experience, right? Like I said, I I don't know, not everybody's having those. I would like to have more of those. But that is pretty awesome, right? That's Daniel that say, I was sick. I was, you know, I was just out of it completely, right? Um, these are it's, it's ecstatic spiritual e- encounters right that God gives and it's wild I believe the book of Revelation was born out of one it's the same language I was in the spirit on the day of the Lord and I had an ecstasy that's basically the language there and then suddenly this whole thing opened up and I see the Lord sitting on his throne with eyes like fire the whole thing that was birthed out of an encounter like this right so the, the, these things have been part of our world forever. We just didn't use the language or didn't want to or whatever. But the point is, it, it's something that He does to me, but it comes out of this kind of prayer. It doesn't come out of intercession and labor and work. It comes out of this quiet kind of prayer. Because I mean, in this place, God can download whatever He wants. Whatever He wants, because you're open. Okay? And um, why do we want to do this? Because we love Him. Right? Why do we want to do this? Because we want to be his friend. Why do we want to do this? Because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Right? In his presence, there is healing. In his presence, there is life. There is hope. There is love. There is all of these things. And out of this, accuracy in the prophetic will be birthed. Missions, movements will be birthed out of this. Revivals will be birthed out of this. Right? apostolic movements will be birthed out of people that's doing this. That's the point. It's about, it's the birthing place for the things of God. It's literally when we get this right, we become the womb so that the seed of God can come so that it can be produced into the earth, that his word can be produced over our lives. That's the point. This thing is is not, it's not for our own satisfaction, but it's to shake your own life, to shake your families, to shake the world around us. That's the point. Right? It's to listen in this way and start seeing this little one. Right? A while ago, I had a dream about... My, God does this. I'll have dreams or I'll just have encounters where God starts speaking to me about parenting about my kids. Every time. Like, we would struggle with one of them or we feel we've been struggling and, and you know, I would pray over it, pray over it, then fall asleep and then suddenly this peace comes and I'll wake up with this incredible dream where God actually spoke to me and we have parenting tips. I'm serious. It's not, uh, you know, we always think it's about lofty things and angels coming in and out, but it's it's about them. It's how to raise my kids better. You understand? It's practical. It's not It's not fluffy. It's not, stuff is super powerful. Right? I mean, it's from that to seeing conferences that we didn't know exist, that's coming to God warning us about stuff that's going to happen to just having encounters with the Lord, just things that He's doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wide range of things, but it starts with this positioning of posturing of the heart before the Lord, where I just go quiet and say, God, would you come and would you speak? I like this prayer much more than anything else. I struggle with the us because they like loud and they believe the louder, the better. And if it's not loud, it's not working, right? And there's, there's awesomeness in that too, but I'm at my happiest when we, I just sit there and I often feel, you know, when I'm in a group, I think I kind of feel guilty sometimes because people don't always understand. They think I'm doing nothing or I'm not engaging or uninvolved or whatever. I'm super happy. I'm just sitting there. Like, doing what? Absolutely nothing. Just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. Did it work? No, it didn't. <laughs> or did it? I don't know. But next time we do the same thing and, whoa, now it's nice. Yeah? So often when we have Bible study or worship times at uh, at the base together... We put on music, and I, I just sit there. I open my Bible so that everybody relaxes around me, kind of go like this. And then I just look. I just sit there. And I just drift, and nothing happens. And then suddenly I feel now ah, maybe read that, and then I start reading something. And then sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's not, but I'm practicing. I'm trying to quiet myself. I'm tra- trying not to be the one that's always working to get to Him but to let him set the agenda, right? This thing is powerful. And if we can get it right, the church is going to be different. Less counseling. Yeah? Less prophetic conferences because you're going to hear for for yourself. But we're going to get together and we're going to share the richness of revelation that we have out of fellowship with him and union with the Lord, right? Right? I want to encourage you in this thing. That this, this is a, a life, lifetime commitment to say, I want to figure it out. I actually want to get this done. Patrick, St. Pat, Patrick, I call him Saint, whatever, Patrick. I love him, the Irish Saint. It's got nothing to do with drinking beer, right? I mean, that guy was ridiculously powerful. What he did for God in Ireland was phenomenal. He baptized 150,000 people in Ireland. With a population of 500,000 people. He baptized 150,000. One guy. I and mean, that's ridiculous, right? I and mean, that's just one of the things. He would walk up and people would be in their graves, dead, already sand on them, and we'd call them out and they'll come out. And this guy was just, Dublin exists because of him. There was no water and he walked and he said, There will be water here and then they build a city. <laughs> this guy's, I mean, he's just on a different level. And then the one thing they said, they actually asked him one time, so what happened to you? He said, I don't know. I came out of prison and he had an encounter with the Lord. And he would say this thing. He said, and I found myself praying a hundred prayers every day. That's something. He said, I don't know what happened. I just suddenly, I found myself praying a hundred prayers every day. Right? And, and his li- and then you read some of his prayers. Have you read the breastplate prayer? Oh my goodness. This is like, <laughs> go and do a favor. Read the breastplate prayer. It's one of his famous prayers, right? That's awesome. I pray that a lot. It's just so powerful. When I mean, you're thinking, well, if you did a hundred of these every day, I can understand maybe why things are working for you. I mean, is it not like little Jesus helped by right? It's just everything changed for him. Prayer did it, right? Prayer was the key. Whenever you look at them, that's what did it. John Lake, people said he smelled like prayer, that was the description if you read. People said if you walked, it smelled like prayer next to you. You smelled the presence, the holiness. That's something? Prayer. All kinds of prayer. But this mystic prayer, silent prayer, this is the thing that I feel that God has on his heart for us at the moment. And, and we need to exercise this thing. Get together. Do it. Get on your own. Do it. Take time. It doesn't matter if it doesn't work the first time. That's not the point. But you're positioning yourself to receive from the Lord. Right? David did it. It worked for him. Moses did it. It worked for him. Paul did it. James did it. John did it. Jesus did it. Oh my goodness, Jesus got transfigured on the mountain because of this. Think about it. Matthew 17. He's on the mountain. What did he do? We have no idea what he prayed. He just stood there. And the next minute, what happens? Cloud of witnesses come in. The voice of God speaks from heaven. The glory cloud is all around them. What did he do? This. That's what he did. Promising you. He just spent time with the father under his prayer shawl. (laughs) Yeah. This is available to us. Uh, Francis of Assisi, I told this story a hundred times. They said that they would walk by his room at night. And the problem is this is in the what? I don't even know. I think 1100s, I think. Right? I might be wrong. 1100s. people would walk by his room and they would see lightning flash in and out of his room. There were no lights. There were no lights, no electricity. And lightning is flashing in the guy's room. People are going, what's happening? Then he goes up the mountain to pray. Simple prayer. This was his prayer. Contemplative prayer, by the way. Lord, who are you and who am I? That was his prayer for the whole night. Who are you and who am I? That's meditative, just over and over and and this is what happened you know why they went to the mountain because they started noticing that whenever this guy goes to the mountain there's like a massive light that shines off of the mountain into the heavens it's the 11th century right something happens when we get this thing right and it seems like god likes it so i'm willing to uh, risk a little bit into that area to see if he would respond okay because i wouldn't mind some lights flashing a little bit more wherever we go. I think it could help the kingdom, <laughs> right? I'm pretty sure if I sit on my little mountain in, es- in, in Tronskai going, who are you and who am I? And it's load shedding and suddenly a spotlight shines out of heaven. I'm going to get some guys converted. That's all I'm thinking, right? This thing works, right? So I want you to stand. I want us to pray into this. I want you to pray. I actually wanted to do practical, but I, I don't know. I don't want to kill you guys. Uh, do you want to try? Do you have 10 minutes? Do you? Okay. All right. Just stand up like that. Right. right. I'm just going to pray release, and then we're going to exercise for 10 minutes. Okay? So, Lord, I, I thank you for the privilege of doing this. Thank you that you want to visit us, Lord. And I believe with all of my heart, just like you said to Bob Jones that day, that I've been waiting so long. I've been waiting so long to come to you. I feel like in my heart, I... I And I know it was a compliment, or or I don't even know what that meant exactly. But when I hear it this morning, I almost feel like, to me, it's like you're saying, I've been waiting so long for you just to wait for me. I've been waiting so long to come to you. You've been so busy. I've been waiting so long. You've been doing things. And Lord, I don't want to miss a moment with you because of just stuff. Father, we want to quiet our hearts in your presence right now. I want to thank you, Lord, that I have unlimited access to you, Father, because of what Jesus did. Unlimited access, Father. I'm willing to figure it out for the rest of my life what that looks like. But I want to sit in that secret place. I want to join David's song in Psalm 27, verse 4. It says one thing, Lord. One thing that I ask, one thing that I desire, Lord, I want to sit in your house. I want to smell the beauty and your face and just stand awful full and inspired and overwhelmed, Lord. One thing, God. One thing. One thing, Lord. Lord, I'm asking humbly, not as somebody who knows, not as somebody who has this figured out, but I'm asking that would you help us to get this right would you teach me how to pray this way Lord would you release grace over me to do this Father I want to please you I want to be an ear Isaiah 50 verse 4 says my servant says my servant says that you have given me the tongue so that I'll speak a radio a tongue of a disciple so that I'll speak a word in season to heal the weary and each morning each morning You awaken my heart and you've given me an ear to hear. Isaiah 50 verse 4. I want to say it again. You have given me the tongue of a disciple to speak a word in season to the needy. Each morning, you awaken my heart. Jesus, come and awaken my heart and awaken our hearts. Awaken our hearts, Lord. Just awaken our hearts. Each morning, you awaken my heart. And I've given you an ear to hear. Lord, find an ear in me, find a frame that would listen in me. Own way, I want you to start praying that we're gonna. This is practical now. If you want to sit down, you're welcome, but just start praying that just say, God, give me an ear, awaken my heart, set your desire before it, awaken my heart, give me an ear. mull over that verse you can even open it in your Bible Isaiah 54 just go over it over and over and then I want you to just be quiet How you do this I want to give you this small reminder again and I'm going to be quiet I promise the presence is inside of you just connect with the presence that's inside of you already Jesus, I keep smelling roses in the room. And, uh, is there anybody else that, that smells or thinks of roses or what's happening? Anybody else? All right. Okay. I just want to, because roses—it's—it's it's a sign of romance, and he's the rose of Sharon, and uh, there's something about that divine romance, and I feel like it's—it's it's the oil, the anointing for romance. If you want to put it that way? I saw a picture of. Lots of angels behind that, and they were all just throwing flowers down. <laughs> yeah, okay, so that would explain the roses. All right. Isn't it awesome? Because this whole morning you could feel the angelic, and there's cloud of witnesses in and out of the room, and you can feel all this stuff going on. Isn't it amazing? It's a soft presence. But that roses, it's, it's the oil of it, so it's the oil of intimacy. And I want you to just sit in that and just, because he's pouring it out in any way, it's, it's being made available. So, Lord, even as Emma saw the angels and just we're smelling it and just experiencing it, Father, I pray that that, that oil of romance would just be poured over every single one in this room. Just anoint us, Lord. song of songs kiss me with the kisses of your mouth your sweet love is better than wine your sweet love your fragrant love is better than wine i want to be intoxicated on the wine of your presence lord the oil of your presence let it just come find in us a a resting place lord struggling with anxiety, I just keep seeing somebody, I feel like pressure on your chest area, like anxious, struggling with stuff like that, maybe you did struggle with it, I don't know, but I feel like God is just lifting it off of you, even right now, just, just breaking it off of you, In Jesus' name. Sorry, the um, lady with the red Yeah, would you just yeah, would you just stand? Yeah, just stand right there. Yeah, I see. I see a um, an angel standing behind you, and it's funny. He's um he keeps placing necklaces of pearls around your neck, and he's, he's placing it on you over and over. And you know, these, the gates are praise, but the gates is also pearls. And I felt that that even as you've been through seasons and hard times and through challenges. It's like almost God is rewarding your praise that you gave Him in difficult seasons and in difficult things. And I feel like He's saying that you're about to enter in. You're about to enter into places and realms and in things that you've never seen before. But it's also Psalm 18, uh, I think it's verse 19, that says that you've placed me in a broad, open place. You've placed me in a wide place and the abundance of the Lord is coming. So even as you felt like you've been going through this pressure cooker a little bit, God is rewarding you and He's placing the praises and it's funny it's his praises over you that's what he's placing on you it's like when god went with job and he said to the devil he said look have you seen job my servant job there is none on the earth found as righteous as him and and it's like god is coming and he's saying i'm pouring my praise over you what i think of you how i how he loves you he's pouring that over you in a whole new way And it's like a refreshing, a season of refreshing coming. It's a season of breakthrough coming. I almost see it's like uh, there's strength coming to you. And it's like the Lord is honoring you and He's placing His honor on you, right? He's going to place His honor on you. And yeah, it's just like people are going to look at you differently. Circumstances are going to change because of this thing. Because suddenly people are going to hear. And I feel almost like, I want to say it, I don't know you at all, really. So... Uh, but I almost feel like the fear of the Lord is going to come around you, meaning that when people look at you, they're going to be—they're going to feel the fear of the Lord in the sense that they're going to, you know, tread carefully around this one because she's beloved. Yeah. So I just—just just open your hands and—open your hands if you don't mind. So Lord, I just pray for that release right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Do You struggle with your back at all? Yeah. The lower? Lower, yeah. So, can you, can I get a So, Lord, even as we pray, I just want to speak into her back right now. I just release life in the name of Jesus. I command those discs just to move into position right now. In the name of Jesus, just release your healing right now. Now in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Even financial stuff, I feel like like yeah, God wants to fill up your wallet a little bit. There's like extra blessings that's coming. Yeah, so it's just favor. That's the point. It's favor. It's the favor of the Lord. Lord, thank you for releasing your favor all over. Even in provision, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah. All right, okay. I'm gonna stop because we can keep going, but we'll keep going tonight. Okay, all right. You guys, fine? Yeah. Does that help a little bit? All right. Okay. Six o'clock. Ne.